Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, bringing you episode 103 on this lovely, lovely Tuesday evening here. Uh, we are in Texas. As always, things have not changed, as you can tell. It's the same awesome backdrop with Mr. Kirk Caselli's number one hair and hound uh, jersey over there. And it's fun as one of our other guests this evening has a fun uh, KTM jersey as well. So we'll get to talk a little bit about that. I think it's going to be a good time for everybody. So what is Seat Time? What have you turned into? Seat Time is the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. Uh, we like to get in here. We like to beer drink, uh, beer drink, bench race through all the off-road racing that goes on. We have guests that come on. We Skype them in. We like to either riders or people that are in the industry that just like to talk about all the racing that's going on. Or they have news that they want to share. Anything that's going to help people in the industry or in, that's just involved in the sport. Uh, have a good time. That's what we like to do. We like to bring everybody together here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Brian Pierce. Our producer is Stephen Rice. Uh, we're in Texas, and uh, it's been a dreary couple days. It's unfortunate, but uh, we get to look forward to some nice weather this weekend. I believe Stephen is heading to Austin for a wedding, and I'll be going to Oklahoma City to the National Enduro up there, which I'm sure I'll talk to Bolton a little bit about. So Seat Time, you can find us at our website. It's seattime.co. Uh, you can find all the archives there. Of course, we're on all the other social media out there like Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube. You can search for us on any of those platforms, and you're going to find us. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so, our, uh, And then, of course, uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention, too, is thank you very much to all of our sponsors. So Fly Racing, you can find out more about them, flyracing.com. Um, of course, Powersport Graphics is RidePG.com, and we have a fantastic discount code with them, which is just seat time. Save yourself 10%. And then, of course, our new sponsor, which we brought on last week, is Fast Company. So the guys that make the fantastic flex bars and, uh, you know, like things like the little uh, spoke uh, torque wrench that make uh, keeping your spokes not uh, not falling out and much, much easier to do. So thank you for their support. And if you guys paid attention at all to Facebook or Twitter, this past week on Friday, we actually released our new t-shirt, which one of our guests actually just ordered uh, today, which we really appreciate. It is a pre-order, but what you could do is go to seatime.bigcartel.com and you can see that it's our new quote t-shirt from our fan, Martin. It was too good to pass up. Uh, we're hoping to uh, get a couple pre-orders from that so we could pay for the order and then get those out to everybody uh, come early November. So, yeah, check all that out. So, our guests for this evening. Oh, chat room, tlk.io slash seat time is where you can join us in the chat room if you want to either find a way to talk to our guests or maybe uh, throw questions my way, and that way I can uh, shoot those out to the guests. Uh, so, this evening we're going to have Mr. Jared Bolton first. We're going to talk to Cody Webb a little bit between his road ride and going to class. And then Scotty Broman is going to come on a little bit just to talk to us about some of the, the Baja rally, how everything went. Um, the results and things like that just kind of give us a nice little recap. So that's uh, that's the schedule, if you will, for this evening. Um, and in true seat time fashion, I have to ask, Mr. Jared Bolton, how is your evening going, kind sir? Uh, it's awesome. I'm hanging out at my house alone, um, doing a whole lot of nothing. It's pretty great. So you specifically mentioned that you're at your house alone. Is that tip- is that is that not typical for you? That is actually sort of not typical because I do have a roommate that lives here, but uh, he's off uh, at some soccer game for 
Uh, actually, Appalachian State University is only like 30 minutes up the highway. So he's gallivanting with the ladies? Yeah, and actually they're playing the college that he went to, and one of his buddies plays on the team, so he went to go watch them. Nice. Well, that sounds like a poor excuse for, uh, you know, not paying attention and being your guest not, on the couch. Not being here and not fetching me beers like he did last time. And apparently we just got uh, just heard out that our friend Darkness Wrench is in the chat room, so make sure to bolt on when you're not trying oh, yeah. to make fun of me that you say hi to him as well. So, oh, yeah. And Mr. Wrench, if you have any uh, anything for us, make sure you throw it up there. We're going to get it for you. Um, so Bolton, again, another reason why, uh, for those of you who do not know Jared Bolton, one, you need to go follow him on Twitter, at Jared Bolton. It's completely worth it. And yeah. the second thing is he is very, very in with uh, Racer Productions. He's at all the GNCC events. Uh, he's actually one of their uh, trail crew guys, and he does a lot of sweeping. Um, he keeps his, his, what is it, ear to the grindstone or however you want to pull it. You know all the dirty details. Yeah, pretty much. Like so. stuff that I can't talk about. It's pretty cool. Like the new Huskies. You know everything that we don't know, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're fantastic motorcycles. I've ridden them twice. Um, so this uh, the GNCC this past weekend, for those of you who don't know, Powerline Park was uh, St. Clairsville. Uh did I get that right? Yeah, St. Clairsville, Ohio. I always think I pronounce it wrong. I think one thing that I like to take away for the pictures that I always see is the mud fleas. They seem to this this always seems to have some really good mud holes. So the mud fleas always seem to come out uh, in droves for this event with multiple multiple uh, adult beverages, if you will. And then of course, uh, it seems like we always had some pretty pretty legitimate racing that goes on. Just to say that we did have some some pretty uh, legitimate racing that happened this past weekend. Um, so. What did you take away this past weekend? That the most just awesome thing that you saw as as you're you're just out there doing your job. Maybe it's not even racing related. Uh, and you know it's kind of hard, especially there, to pick one awesome thing over the other because there's a lot of awesome things that happens there, especially with uh, some of the uh, more enthusiastic spectators that are there, if you will. Um, but one thing that I saw that was pretty awesome, actually it made it more awesome earlier today when I went back and watched the live webcast, was they were showing Gus's mud hole, which I actually filmed for the uh, for the regular, for the NBC show. And actually this is like the fourth year I filmed that mud hole. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> they know you can anyway, get the juiciness, right? <laughs> watching it, uh, Caleb Russell was actually scoping out the mud hole and he was like knee deep in it with a stick. And uh, they were talking uh, on, on the live webcast. I guess they had missed where, they, where it was kind of zoomed in on him and they just saw somebody standing there and they're like, and there's one of the mud fleas standing knee deep <laughs> in the water. <laughs> like, and they didn't, they didn't realize that it was actually Caleb. Nice. It, um, but that was that was going on, I guess, I, I would imagine, like in the morning race on Sunday? That was actually, yeah, that was actually uh, Saturday for the quad Oh, for the race. ATV race? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Quad, wait, when did they do the UTV stuff? Because they had that at this this event as well, didn't they? Yeah, the, uh, we always run the UTVs after the quad. So Saturday afternoon, like... Whoa, so Saturday gets really packed when you guys have UTVs. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And it starts to run like short of daylight too. Yeah. So it gets pretty interesting sometimes. You I have bet. to make some kind of tough calls on, you know, have to cut somebody a little bit short every now and then, you know, that's all part of it. Yep, for sure. Um, I think one of the most awesome things I saw from this past weekend, of course, being outside the inner circle, trying to look in just as, as you can from the internet was a post that Jimmy Jarrett shared of somebody's 
either Instagram video or a Vine or something like that. And I believe it was Thad Duvall coming through the, uh, I don't know if it was Gus's mud hole or one of the mud holes, but he completely clocked the shit out of one of the mud fleas because this dude was like totally leaning over a line, like trying to point at the line for Thad. And Thad just comes through there just completely wide open and just clocks him with his handlebar. I mean, obviously, I, I don't think, I would definitely guess not maliciously. He's just going so fast and just trying to stay upright. And this dude did a full, like, 360 and, like, slammed into the dirt. That was probably one of the most awesome things I saw from the weekend. Yeah, that's pretty classic. And, yeah, that's, uh, we just, that one doesn't have a fancy name. That's just a power line mud hole. And I guess the name, because it's a mud hole under some power lines. It's very appropriate. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty uh, pretty fitting there. We got really creative with that name. Uh, but, yeah, that kind of happens every now and then there. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, there was a great picture, too, that the GNCC guys had shared up with uh, some of the ATV pictures, I believe, from Saturday. This this total mud flea. On, I was on Facebook just, like, super happy, like, completely covered in mud. And about the only thing that wasn't mud was the mouth that was open and the whites just around his eyes. It was like every, I was like, I don't know if I can. I mean, like, sure, you can have as much enthusiasm inside your body as you want. There's, like, a certain limit to where that just gets uncomfortable, I would think. Yeah, that's actually what I looked like last race. <laughs> nice. And now you look much more clean cut. You've got a little bit of facial hair. You've got your hair less fluffed. I mean, do you feel like, do you have a date? Is that what the problem is? No, no, no. I just had to get rid of, like, this deal that was going on. I was kind of over that. And uh, this here, I've actually got a pretty solid plan for Halloween. Um all this under here is going to go away. I'm going to dye this black and be Burt Reynolds. So, nice. Well, keep working simple. on it. Yeah, you're, you're I've from, still got a ways to go. You're from the mountains of the, you're from the mountains of the East Coast. I'm pretty sure your amount of facial hair is what I could grow in about three days. So, pretty much, yeah. It doesn't really. It kind of grows in all white, trashy like, like Joe Dirt. If you will, you yeah. shut up, Dirt. You shut yeah. up. You no, know it's Dirty. Don't pronounce Dirt-ay. it. Uh. Yeah. But whatever. I'm not good at making jokes, so I won't try. So, again, uh, XC1 results for the GNCC this past weekend. Came, Mullins came away with the win. Caleb Rubble with Russell with a very, very hard-fought second over Paul Wibley, who was in third. Now, um, you were out there filming, as you said. Now, tell us about how some of the racing went down and how tight the racing was between... Uh, between uh, it looked like it was between the top five to six guys were all you know, uh, fighting for their positions. Uh, well, uh, Charlie kind of went into, uh, what we're familiar with, what everybody knows as check out Charlie. And, uh, <laughs> he was pretty much, he, honestly, he was pretty much gone, but, uh, Caleb had to work for it a little bit and it actually took him a little while to get around Wibley. Um, but he finally did and pulled away from it a little bit. Those three were kind of stretched out at the finish, but what was really awesome to me was, uh, fourth, fifth and sixth, which was Josh Strang. Jordan Ashburn, Chris Bach, and actually Rory Mead was in the mix with them for a while as well. Those guys were all super close together for basically the entire race. And they all kind of swapped around with different pit strategies and just generally going for it. They swapped positions around several times throughout the day. Yeah. It's funny uh, to call it Check Out Charlie. He's been doing that a lot lately. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's definitely been winning the last couple of races. Uh, it seemed like Russell was on a really big streak there. Now Mullins is starting to kind of chip away at that lead. And then, of course, like he goes to the big sky, totally dominates out there, checks out, um, gets the first place there, the national number one plate. 
Um, National Enduro, this past one, is when he actually clinched the title. Totally, you know, dominated out there. Um, it, it's cool to see him on top. So with that momentum going in, just the, the, the five points that are separating Mullins and Russell going into, into Ironman in Indiana. I mean, do you think he's going to carry that checkout Charlie uh, momentum in? Or is Russell going to be able to be the wild card and just bring that pure speed in? Uh, he, he could. You know, here uh, at the Ironman in the past, Charlie's been actually really, really good. Um, but the Ironman in 2010 was actually Caleb Russell's first XC1 race. And he actually pulled the whole shot on a 250F. And I think he actually led for a while, but then tipped over in one of the creek crossings and drowned out the bike. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, but so the thing about those two is it's hard to pick a clear favorite between the two because they're both so good no matter what. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And that was I was actually talking with Hoop a little bit yesterday, um, probably about an hour before they went to the hospital. <laughs> it seems like uh, that... It, I was like, so was your money on you know Mullins or was on Russell? And he was just like, you know, with the consistency and the the good luck that that Mullins has had at Ironman, exactly what you were saying. That's where he would put his money. He's like, but the racing has been so good. He's like, it really could be. It really is anyone's game. And what I found interesting as I was looking at the points is that, so it literally is a, a down to the wire um, sort of situation here. So it, Charlie Mullins is five points behind Russell. Um, and it's 30 points and 25 points for first and second place. So if Charlie Mullins gets first, he gets the 30 points, and he completely ties then uh, with with what uh, Russell's going to have. And so then it then they both have sixth first, but Russell comes away with six seconds, and Mullins will only have five seconds, five second place finishes. Um, right. So if Russell finishes second and Mullins wins, Russell still gets it. No. Actually, it doesn't. Because yeah, that's what I, I, I knew you would. The championship is based off of the overall. Okay, so it's based yeah. based off of all their all their It'd be, placements. It's based off the the overall points. They would they tie in the class points, but actually in the overall, if Charlie wins, he'll have two points over Caleb. If Caleb gets second at the Ironman, oh, because in the, somewhere in there, an XC two rider got a couple overall points. Is that like that didn't that are different? Is that kind of or some, right, yeah. somebody in there had to, obviously XC one would just be the same way, but if it's overall overall, that means an XC two rider got in there probably at that round five race where one of them was seventh and one of them was eleventh in the XC one class. I bet you there was a couple XC two guys in front of one of them. Yeah, actually, the uh, in Kentucky, Kentucky, when yeah. They both when they both broke down, Caleb didn't score any overall points. He was actually outside of the top twenty. Okay. So, if he could have done like one more lap, Caleb would actually have a more of a more of a lead right now, okay. and it would actually be it'd be a lot. <laughs> it wouldn't be near as dramatic right now. So if we look, so they are two points apart. See, I was where I was confused. Everybody was saying they were two points apart, and then I go and look at all the, the official results. It, it was the XC one class, and it's showing them being five points apart. But in this in this situation for this championship, it goes off of overall. Yeah, that's correct. That's weird, actually. Yeah, you know well, why that is? Well, in years past, it's been that the GNCC champion has been determined by the XC1 class. But, well, let's just say that there was a super, super good XC2 rider who won some overalls, 
what if he had the you know the most overall points at the end of the season? Right. But isn't he? He, des- he would deserve that championship. So, but at the same time, isn't that his fault for not? Si- if, if he knew he was going to be that fast, isn't it his fault for not signing up in the XC one class? Oh, pretty much. But you know, you never. Know they they want to. They want to just give that just in case, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. I by no means want to be on the board that has to sit there and decide stuff like that because. Uh, well, I, can, I can only imagine the arguing that goes on, or sometimes the hand slapping. Just yeah, like, shut up, we're doing it pretty, this way. <laughs> pretty much. We, we do a lot of that, like, the day after the, the morning, the morning after the banquet at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. So when everybody's hungover and right, only right. got, like, when two hours feels, of sleep. When everybody feels awesome. And super yeah. fresh. First thing in the morning. Uh, but, yeah, we have these we have these riders meetings that changes stuff like that for the next year. Okay, so if it... So with Mullins and Russell, then the way that overall the with the two points, literally, if Mus- if if Mullins wins, he gets it. If Russell wins, he gets it. Exactly. Like yep. Literally, whoever comes across the checkers first, champion. Yeah. Bam. Basic, real, real, realistically, it's whoever finishes in front of who. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's so cool. I mean, last year it could have kind of been like that, but like Russell would have had to done really good, and Wibbs would have had to done really bad. So it wasn't at, as down to the wire as it is with this. And then now we'll talk a little bit about the XC2 guys. It sounds like they've got a lot of, not as close, but it's still a really good battle going on because Grant Baylor had a really bad race. Um, I, I don't know what happened, but I'm sure you could kind of fill us in on that. And then uh, we had Shane Hufford coming in second and Jason Thomas coming in third. So the or uh, and Andrew DeLong was the one who won. So Andrew DeLong should have kind of been in this mix the whole time for the XC2 title chase, but with his hand injury and being out for two races, that's why he's kind of out of the title chase. But he's obviously making up a lot of points with these three three in a row first place finishes that he's had. So where it gets interesting though is like Baylor had a bad race this past weekend in Ohio. Thomas had a pretty good race getting third in the podium, so that brought Thomas a lot closer to Baylor. But it seems like I think they're still now at the XC2. How did are they based as well off of overall, or are they just class? Yeah, the, the XC2 is just a class championship. That's so. So, weird. yeah. So again, it's kind of. It, I I haven't broken down the points on them yet, but it's it's still it's it, it is going to come down to the wire. It basically who whoever beats who in that as well. Right. Uh, I was going to say at this point, uh, it feels like math. That's what, and and of course I'm not very. I'm not very good at math, so I try not to do it. So if we go by the class points, which it sounds like what's going to happen, they're 21 points apart. So it would take uh, – Thomas is still in it, but it, it would take another poor race or maybe a breakdown or uh, you know malfunction, uh, something for Baylor to either not finish or to be way out of the top 10 for Thomas to really get you know back, two back-to-back – a back-to-back XC2 title, right? Right, right, but still, it, the thing—the thing I always say—you never know what could happen. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Agree. Especially, yeah, especially with this. Like, like Sunday, what happened with with Grant was he actually ran out of gas. Oh, that sucks. Like, really, actually, luckily though, he was pretty close to the pits, so it still—it still hurt him. But he had to. The rule is, you can only get enough gas to get to your pit. If you run it as as a pro rider, you can only get enough gas to get to your pit. Right. So they had so somebody so somebody can splash him gas like out on the trail, but it literally just needs to be enough for him to like enough for him to get to that pit, and then he has right. to pit again. Right, or exactly. Has to officially even, pit. 
that's actually that's actually part of uh, what happened with uh, with Wibley at the Iron Man last year was he ran out of gas. Jimmy Jarrett gave him gas out of his bike because he had already broken down. Right. And the pits were like less than a mile from the finish. And instead of stopping, Wibley kept going and finished, which resulted in a penalty. I don't remember exactly what was handed down, but right. he ended up, I yeah. think he lost a position or two because of that. Yeah, because officially he should have only, he, he should have had to have pitted. Like Right. Right. He, even he, even though even though he had enough gas to get to the finish, he still should have stopped. And I mean, you know, at least got a splash of gas. Made the attempt to make it look like he was getting a full pit. Right. Oh yeah. Even, even pretending it would have been okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even if if yeah, even if it was just the tip, you know, it would have yeah, been legitimate. Yeah. That, that's enough to quantify as you know something going in. Right. So just remember that kids out there, if you're just going to put the tip in, you still should be careful. You might get penalized. Oh yeah. yeah with you a, gotta be careful with, with that. a child for the rest of your life. Yep. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so I hear – so one of the things I wanted to ask you, though, is Andrew DeLong obviously doing great. He's been doing this great this whole year in Enduros and at the GNCCs. was a really, really great competitor out at the ISDE this year. Um, I would imagine that even though he's not going to get this championship this year, that he will be in the XC1 class next year. How do you see him uh, competing there? Um, realistically, I think – I think he'll do very well, actually. Just based off of his performances in the uh, National Enduros on the 310, I think he's going to you know, adjust to that pretty well, and you could possibly see him being a threat as well. Yeah. Do you think that uh, – I know with FAR Racing, uh, uh, Jeff Andrews has been with uh, you know Husqvarna for such a long time. He's been riding Husqvarna, but now that they're, you know, I guess, kind of changing it up. We've got the new bikes for 2014 coming out. Do you know if that team is still going to be a Husqvarna team and if Andrew DeLong is going to be on those Huskies next year? Uh, as far as I know, they're still doing the same thing. Okay. So that was That's... a very short, quick yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything for sure, but the little bit of rumblings I've, I've heard doesn't sound like there's going to be a whole lot different. It'll be interesting to see how their uh, their team colors change because they're always kind of that black, white, and red to kind of fit with the Husky colors, the older Husky colors, if you will. So I wonder if they're going to kind of have a little bit of a branding change with this, uh, with this, not really bike change, but bike change. <laughs> Blue, white, yellow. Yeah, I know. It's going to it's gonna be much. Blello. Yeah, Blello. The Blello Far Husky team. I think it's fantastic. So... I wanted you to show us some of the gear that you got this past weekend before we kind of start to, to go on and talking about some of our other friends out there in the world. Oh, well, well first, I'll, I'll do it backwards, actually. See, I've got some uh, got some pants there. Ooh, hello. Oh, look at that. Those look like look they would that. fit you. Yeah, right. Not even <laughs> close. But, uh, and, and here's why they would not even be close to fitting me. Because there's a jersey. Oh, this, is a, oh. this is new decoration for my house because I don't really have a whole lot in here, decoration-wise. And, oh. Boom. The faux one one. That's right. That's pretty awesome that she brought that down and she, or that she uh, gave that to you. So that's what she wore at Powerline Park? Powerline Park. And actually, she wrapped up the women's championship at Powerline Park. So yeah, that that's is super cha- cool. That is championship winning gear right there. Bam. You gotta love it when uh, hot chicks are awesome. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she's cool to talk to. She's not just fun to look at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's like pretty high, like 
pretty high on my list of cool people. One day I hope to be up there. If not, maybe knock it on the door of a good time, if not cool people. Yeah, you're about halfway. Nice. That's fine. Uh, hey, I don't ever want to be at the top or at the bottom because that means I'm too close to falling off of either. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so uh, somebody, we did get a question from uh, somebody in the chat room thinking about, do you think the entry record is going to get broken at the Ironman this year since it's going to kind of be such a big coming down to the wire race? Hmm, well, as far as rider count, I don't think it's going to beat Unadilla. But, <laughs> but there were, there's always a lot. I'd say, if I had to get, I, I don't have the numbers, like, offhand, but if I had to guess, I'd say Iron Man would probably be, like, one of the top three, is just as far as rider count. And I'd say it's definitely number one for spectator count. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be awesome. I'm hoping to actually, I just was talking to some friends. I was like, who's going to GNCC? And uh, I think I, at this point, I might have found a ride. Good. Um, I, I have the possibility of a ride. Um, pretty much if I have to fly, I can't do it. So I'm really hoping for this ride to come through. <laughs> we'll see. That'd be good. You um, can come out, come out and ride the monster truck. The what? They have, they have monster truck rides at the Iron Man. No shit. Dead serious. It's awesome. Man, my Saturday just became way more open. And the guy that drives it has a mullet. Shit. I'm going to have a best friend out there. I know it. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to get any work done on Sunday. I'm just going to be drinking with that guy. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be a good time. All right. So I did have a question, too, that came in from our email. So somebody sent us in a question. You can go to ask us a question on the Seat Time page and send in questions for our guests. Maybe for us, if you want to uh, talk, give us topics you'd like us to talk about. Um, tell me that I should trim my mustache or maybe tell us another bipolar email like Mr. Martin, all the fun things you can do. Um, do you think there should be more stringent qualifying for the XC2 class? It seems that the class has gotten rather big and maybe not all the riders should be out there. Um, and I kind of, I almost think that that should be a little bit more broad and say like the pro classes, the XC2 and XC1, maybe just to, cause both of them are classes that you can get into if you want to get into. Right. And, and, and actually, XC2, you do have the rule where if you win the championship, you can defend the next year, but regardless of what happens the second year, you have to move to XC1. So that helps XC1 a little bit. XC2, I, I personally, I sort of feel like it should be top five from the A classes from the year before. Um, and maybe some of the like local pro guys, <laughs> right? That's a tough thought. That's a, that's a tough caller. Like who's local pro, you know what I mean? Like, cause I know there's, we have guys that, that race pro locally here. Um, and they go up and they would do like the three hour race and maybe do like, I guess one of the A classes and they're, they're fighting for a top 10. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah and so it's yeah. like, uh, you know, so it's kind of hard to say, Hey, you know, you're a top five pro in the local shit. We're coming in. You're going to be racing the XC2 class. But I understand what you're saying. I, I get your your kind of take on it. But the XC2 class, I mean, if a guy's doing good, he could just decide to enter it, couldn't he? Do they have bolt on? Yeah, you, like, zonked out there for a second. Okay, like, it just yeah. looked really cool because we totally cut to you, and then you just sat there with this quizzical look. Like, oh yeah. Hmm. hmm. So uh, yeah. I don't know, love. 
Um, so with the XE2 class, somebody could just sign up if they wanted to, thinking they were doing fast enough, right? Just, just about, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, that's 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 what it is. That's what it is. So cool. All right. Um, again, where can people out there in the world find you? Because the only reason I'm cutting you a little short, even though I know we could just talk about awesome stuff like this all the time, is because of the fact that we're trying to get Cody Webb on, and he is going to be in between his road ride and his class. So it's like, unfortunately, trying to yeah. fit him into a schedule. You got to time that perfect. But you can find me at fine places like Twitter, at Jared Bolton. Instagram, at Jared Bolton. Facebook, just Jared Bolton. <laughs> and JaredBolton.com. Yeah! I really like how you kept it concise. You didn't change it up. You didn't try to get creative. You didn't it's, make it confusing. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, like, people in general are stupid, so I try to make it easy. That's a good rule. I think as well, you have to think about yourself, too. You go, oh, God, what was my username account again? Exactly, because I'm stupid, too. I was including myself with that. Yeah, so. for sure. You know, we all have our moments, <laughs> and some of us, like you and myself, have more yeah. of those moments than other people. <laughs> so Exactly. We like to plan ahead for those moments. So, well, cool. Um, I want to keep you on the line before we cut out of here. Uh, Stephen, if you want to preface Mr. Webb and make sure we're all lined up, uh, I wanted to talk about fly racing and, and ride PG. Do you have your spiel ready for Iron Man with the breast cancer awareness and Ride PG and what they're doing? I do. Um, wait a minute. It's all up here. Um, every year, since 2000, 2010 was the first year we did this, at the Iron Man GNCC, being, with it being October, we make it the uh, breast cancer awareness race. And uh, part of the proceeds from the race and everything goes to the Susan G. Komen Foundation, the local chapter in, in Indiana. And part of this is everybody is encouraged to run pink number plate backgrounds. So uh, PG we offer where you can get the front number plate for $22.95 with $5 of that going to the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Or you can get a full set of the pink number plates for $69.95 with $10 of that going to Susan G. Komen. Bam. And now, of course, they can do that at ridepg.com, right? Is that... Or yep. is there is it easier to do on the website, or is it better to call, or in reality it doesn't matter? Right now, when you go to ridepg.com, it's the first thing that pops up. So you can click there, or you can call us. Either way. Dig it. And um, I, I don't think if anybody were out there, because of the fact that this is for breast cancer awareness and there's donations going out there to the Susan G. Komen, um, uh, you know, center organization that you should try to use this discount code i honestly do not know it'll work on this situation but of course we always have our seat time discount code so if you're ever ordering anything through ride pg make sure you use the discount code seat time it's s-e-a-t-t-i-m-e pretty simple can't screw it up too much it's what you like getting every weekend and during the week when you can a little bit of seat time um yeah and that's awesome we really appreciate them for the support they've got a ton of other offers out there but we know this is very very prevalent uh, a lot of racers are going to be wanting to have their pink number plates and this is a great uh very affordable way to get them with uh graphics that look bitching for your bike right bolt on yeah they are very bitching graphics so and, 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 and would, and you, also, would you possibly throw in a, a bolt on sticker i could i just got to get more of them printed because oh. the hundred that i printed are all gone yeah i've got two of them and they're fantastic I have I have one of them on my laptop and the other I sleep with. I think I'm cutting out again because bolt on yeah, looks lost. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good now. You're working again. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> I love technology. Yeah. I was just saying I have two of your stickers. I have the one that's on my computer and the one that I sleep with. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need that. Like, yeah. that's important. It's on my pillowcase. I was like, don't watch this one, Sam. They're good graphics, but not that good. It will wash right. off. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, cool, man. We really appreciate you being on the show, as always. Um, and I'll keep you up to date on uh, if that ride comes through and if I'm going to make it up there. Because, uh, fingers crossed, we'd show up like late, 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 late Friday night or early, 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 early Saturday morning. So, yeah. Yeah, it'd be perfect. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for your knowledge. Uh, everybody hit up Jared Bolton and, uh, and let him know what you think about being on the show. We really appreciate you. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, as, uh, as, so of course, RidePG, fantastic sponsor of Seat Time. We really appreciate their support. So please go check them out and, uh, make sure you look out for all of the deals they have going and for the graphics for Iron Man. Of course, as we bring up Cody Webb, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Fly Racing. So Fly Racing is one of our other supporters. They're our title sponsor, if you will. And uh, they have been with us since the very beginning. They found us, and they have just been a huge supporter. They've helped us with all the contacts that we have. Just a lot of great people out there. Um, I just want to say that I think their hydration packs that they have are the best ones out there. I've been using the Usway one. It's not fly-branded, but the Usway packs for about the past eight months. It it is the best hydration pack out there. Um, And now Fly Racing has that pack branded with Liat, which is the same Usway uh, hydration pack that you can get from their website. So go check it out at flyracing.com. It's Moto Gear hydration packs, and they've got a couple different ones you can choose from. Um, and it's the 8.5, it's the 85 ounce one, I think is the best one for all you off road riders. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, remember, flyracing.com, and we thank them for their support. All right. So, uh, Bolt On, we just got done with uh, our little redheaded stepchild, Mr. Jared Bolt On, and now we're going to bring on Mr. Pearly Weiss himself, Cody Webb. So, dude, how's your evening going, man? Uh, it's not a, not a bad evening at all. Just finished yeah. a little road, road ride, and I was supposed to go to school, but class got canceled, so it's a great night. Sweet. Well, uh, so you're over there in California. You're getting ready to go to uh, getting ready to go to class tonight. You got done with a road ride, I think, a little bit earlier. So, are you feeling fit? Are you feeling ready to take on some knowledge for your brain? Well, my my class got canceled tonight, so I just get to hang out for the rest of the night now. Nice. So you that was actually just a complete excuse. You were like in case. You know, your third third appearance, fourth appearance on seat time goes horribly wrong. You've got a great excuse to get out early. Yeah, usually that's how I get out of talking to you guys. It's always like, hey, can you talk tonight? I'm like, no, I got school. I'm busy. It's my excuse for everything. I understand. You've given me that a lot. But I, I appreciate you uh, being able to talk. I think it's a very, very uh, special occasion because, one, you've gotten your first Endurocross win. I mean, bam, holy shit. We've been talking about that on the show forever, um, and you've been wanting it. You've been working super hard for it. So just how does it feel to have that now in the books? Man, it was it was incredible. It was just like a huge weight off my shoulders, and I've been so close for so long, and it was, it was kind of funny. After the race, everyone kept coming, kept coming up to me, and they're saying, wait, that, that was your first win? Like, they seemed that I had won before because I had come close a bunch, and, and you know, I was – ecstatic and my dad was there it was a huge moment for both of us and you know it was great for the beta team it's kind of like david beating goliath a small um italian off-road team goes and beats you know the who's who of all off-road and i was the guy behind it and it was a definitely an awesome night 
Yeah, it, it and uh and, and being able to watch the webcast, I kind of had to catch bits of it just as things were going on with the family and all that stuff. Is unfortunate I couldn't just grab a six pack and sit down and watch all the kickassery that was going on. <laughs> um, but what I think one of the things is is a lot of people are like, okay, is there been anything different between Ontario and now that you've done differently, or do you think that your program that you just you know your program, you know what works. And so you make sure that you're just working on everything you need to work on, and that consistency has finally paid off. Um, you know, like I've, I've been definitely changed things up a little bit since I broke my foot. It all started with that, and you know, I I couldn't even walk for a while, so I would just hop on a road bike. And luckily, I bought a road bike like about a month before I broke my foot earlier this year. And uh, you know, I, before I was walking, I was doing thirty mile rides and just to try and change, stay in shape. And, uh, you know, I went into X Games, I'd only ridden one time, or I only two times on the bike, and I finished on the podium, so obviously I, my conditioning was still good, and yeah. the, the TKO, and then now I started school, and it's like, I gotta pick and choose and plan everything, like, I'm, I'm planning my week all ahead, and, you know, I'm treating it almost like a job right now, and figuring out what days I can ride, what days I can't, and, you know, and it's like Mondays, I'm doing a road bike ride, Tuesdays, I'm doing a road bike ride, Wednesdays. I do a road bike ride in the morning, and then I ride that evening. Thursdays, I hit the moto track. So I'm planning everything out. And after Ontario, now I felt like I was really close, but the the track was really jumpy, and I wasn't really happy with the layout of the course. I'm like, well, you know what? If everyone's getting fast, everyone's riding really great, like I'm just going to stick to riding moto because I know that's my weakest link. And you know, if I work on that, um, things will start coming my way. And I only rode my enduro cross track twice like that over two and a half week break or whatever in between Ontario and Denver and I was just riding moto a couple days a week and training on my road bike and I'm still going to physical therapy a little bit for my foot because I had some issues come up and you know it doesn't hinder me when I'm riding but I'm gonna have to get it fixed after the season and you know everything together I'm just really being great time management and staying in shape and it freaking paid off for me finally yeah dude totally for sure um, it, it's interesting that you mentioned you're doing so much road riding, um, and we, we've seen that a lot recently, I think, with all the Supercross, Motocross guys. It makes sense. It's a great training tool. I want to know, um, you know, kind of being a cyclist myself, uh, when you go out for your road rides, do you have a specific regimen, or do you just go out and spin and keep your heart rate in a certain zone while you're out there? Did that come through Okay. I think I had a small <clears throat> connection issue. Right there okay. For a well, I think it, with the with the road riding that you do, um, do you find that you go out and you stick to a certain regimen, like you just go out and ride X amount of miles and keep your heart rate in a certain zone, or do you find that you actually have like like sprint days or endurance days and things like that? Um, yeah, I think I don't go out ever with a set schedule in mind because. I feel like that takes the fun out of things. Okay. Like also with riding a motorcycle, like you know, you kind of gotta change it up all the time. You just can't do the same set thing every time, or it turns into getting old and boring. So, depending on how much time I have, sometimes I'll just go out and I'll just do sprints. And you know, what I really focus on most is like um, strength on the road bike and a little bit of sprinting. So, you know, I try and just beat the hell out of myself going uphill, and that seems to work out pretty well for me. So I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> if you throw up when you get to the top of the climb, you probably did a good job. Oh man, <laughs> connection issues. Oh, uh, uh, it's okay. It was a it was a bad joke anyway on my part. Um, 
Uh, we did have a question from Zach uh, in the chat room, and he wanted to know, um, with all the Enduro Cross events getting your heart rate up so fast and all the sprinting that goes on, do, do you think that this seems very helpful uh, for future ISDE riders? Ah, uh, my freaking connection's sucking right now. Hold on. That's okay. Online. I I see you, if that makes you feel any better. Um, all right, I hear you again now. Yes. Whatever you pushed makes well, it better. My thing says I'm offline, but somehow I'm still talking to you, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. I hate I hate technology sometimes. It's the worst time. Oh, oh now I'm back, apparently. So let's proceed with the question before I lose you. <laughs> all right, quickly. With all, uh, from Zach in the chat room, with all the EnduroCross events getting your heart rate up so fast and all the sprinting, do you see it helpful for future ISDE riders like we see like Taylor Robert and Mike Brown since they've been doing so well at the ISDE? Do I think that's like a, the EnduroCross is helping them out for ISDE? Yeah, like with this, I think because it kind of like because of the fact that it gets your heart rate up so fast and it's such a, I guess, a good sprint technique. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that definitely has to help them in ISDE. I mean, they're they're great riders to begin with, and the full format of ISDE has kind of changed. I mean, I've never been, but from understanding what I've heard, like it's kind of almost more moto oriented, not so much single track extreme from before. So, you know, when you're when we're riding a drill cross, it, it's like you said, right off the bat, you're going 100 percent as fast as you can, and obviously, that's going to play in the part when those guys are at the ISDE. You know, you you got like a long cruiser, and you know. With those things, it's actually probably better because you're warmed up by the time you get to a check and an enduro cross. You're almost starting off. Yeah, apparently it does seem like we're having some connections issues. So if we lose them here, we're going to go ahead and get reconnected. Uh, see if it pops up here in a second. But uh, it's interesting because of the fact we have done a lot of talking with guys uh, with their ISDE training and how things have been going on um, and all the different things that they try to do. So. We know that Mike Brown and Taylor Robert, those guys are so fit. Um, and I think when it comes down to sprinting, um, little things like this, sure, I think it's going to do him better. But to, to Cody's point on the fact that the ISD has changed, I think he's right. You know, the the special tests that they have have changed a lot. They become a lot shorter. They become a lot faster. They become a lot more wide open. Um, I don't know if that's – I did hear somebody mention uh, because they need to be able to get ambulances to all parts of the course. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but – there's all kinds of reasons, so we'll see if there's there's anything that goes on. So I want to know um, the, the course in Denver. This is something I noticed is that the, coast, the course in Ontario, California, it seemed like you guys were just jumping everything. You guys are going super fast. And it was like a, a big moto track um, to you guys jumping all the obstacles. Um, but this, I wanted to know, so did it seem that they changed much for this course? Like you guys couldn't jump the water feature. The matrix seemed a ton longer. Do you think that all that was because of uh, the different, you know, just trying to change it up from how open and fast the course was in Ontario? Yeah, it definitely was. I spoke with the promoter, um, Eric Bernard, after the event, and uh, you know, he's like, you know what? I'll admit we messed up a little bit Ontario or in Ontario. Like we've done, I think it was something around seventy something or eighty something in cross events now, and that was the first event ever where guys are jumping the whole water hole, jumping the whole matrix. And he's like, you know what? We, we made a mistake. You guys caught us off guard. And uh, this event, the matrix, they made it 
freaking five times as long. Well, it seemed like it. It wasn't that much longer. <laughs> and then uh, the water hole, they put a lip on it that would shoot you to the moon if you wanted to hit that thing hard. So, you know, they, they definitely changed things up because they didn't like what they saw in Ontario with us basically cheating out on all their obstacles. Well, I wasn't jumping the water hole, but some of the other guys were because they're freaking nutty and i wasn't on that level <laughs> i think that's a really good point when you see your competition doing that how do you feel do you go holy crap i've got to find the gumption to try this or do you just go that's not my level and you you know nicely back out well yeah on that water jump i'm like dude i i like these pearly whites too much i ain't losing these things so i was not gonna <laughs> But, uh, you know, they were jumping the Matrix all day, and I had never done it once all day. It's just totally psyched out of my head. I knew I could do it. Couldn't bring myself to do it. And, you know, I was running, like, I swear, more than a second a lap slow every lap than those top seven guys. And, you know, the, uh, I came back and looked at it after the event, and the seven of us who were jumping the Matrix were the guys who got top seven in the main event. So it was almost like cheating, and you had to do it. And, you know, I didn't do it all day till my final hot lap right for the main event, and Without that, there's no way I ever would have been able to get on the podium in Ontario. Yeah, and and I remember when we talked with Robert uh, last week, we had him on after his uh, his his fantastic event there. Uh, it was he said that you he could tell that they were kind of like scooping dirt away from the front of the Matrix log because they knew you guys were jumping and they didn't want you to, but it seemed like you guys were just the log just wasn't I guess tall enough to stop you guys. You guys could just hit it hard enough to just jump the whole thing. Yeah, the Matrix really wasn't that long. It was only five logs, and I think that's probably 